Now, I get, I gave you ample warning before we went on Christmas break. And at the beginning of the year, when we got back from Christmas break, I warned you all it's going to be topsy-turvy, up and down. And it's going to be an emotional roller coaster ride for all of us because it's an election year. That's just the way they work. Just stay calm. Stay steady. Don't, don't fall for the media hype. In 238 days, you, we, the American people, you are the ultimate jury, and you will get to decide whether or not the world gets shocked again. And I think the as every day goes by, my confidence level goes up, but I don't take anything for granted. You don't know. There's only one poll that is going to matter, and that is the poll on November 3rd of this year, 238 days, and that is if you go to the polls and do your job. And just forget about the mob and the media. Uh, There's a lot happening today. Obviously, we got six big states that we are following. We'll get into a lot of that. Uh, I don't even know what to say at this point. Joe Biden actually said that he voted for the Iraq war to prevent a war from happening. He said that. You know, the real, we pointed this out many times, you know, the real attacks on Biden and his cognitive issues, if you want to call that, he had a couple of uh, them today. He's lashing out at voters yet one more time. And you know, I remember he told the one guy, well, go vote for somebody else. Puts his arm on the member, gave a guy a little little shove there. And you're a lying dog face pony something, whatever thing. <laughs> pony soldier. There you go. Whatever that is. So I sound like I sound like Biden. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women are created equal and down. Um, um, we hold these truths to be the thing, the thing, you know the All thing. All men and women created by go. You know the, you know the you thing. You know the the thing. I, I mean, some of us suggested he didn't want to mention God. No, he forgot. Well, he always does, and he gets into a fight today. Now, before we play, he calls one auto, auto worker in Michigan a horse's ass. Tells another auto worker that he's full of beep. Uh, now, on the the second one, he's saying. I've never said that I'm not coming for your guns. Yeah, we let's play this one first. Before you hear these, he's saying that he didn't say something when, in fact, he did. And you can add to that he wants Beto Bozo O'Rourke, who would like to go door to door and confiscate guns, pretty much, to be in charge of his gun policy. But he's saying to this guy, I'm, I'm, I'm not coming for your assault weapon. No, 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 I didn't say that at all. But let's play him saying it first, and then I'll play the others. To gun owners out there who say, well, a Biden administration means they're going to come for my guns. Bingo. You're right if you have an assault weapon. The fact of the matter is they should be illegal, period. Look, the Second Amendment doesn't say you can't restrict the kinds of weapons people can own. You can't buy a bazooka. You can't have a flamethrower. The guys who make these arguments are the people who say the tree of liberty is water with the blood of patriots. We need the protection against the government. We need an F-15 for that. You need something well beyond whether or not you're going to have an assault weapon. All right. So he's saying no assault weapons. Now, that's critical. So he calls out this auto worker first as a horse's ass. And then he talks about banning AR-14s. And all these years as a gun owner and a believer in the Second Amendment, I thought I owned AR-15s. Apparently, I own AR-14s. And then he tells this guy who's correct. We just played it for you. That he's full of sugar. Listen. So much. Thank you so much. You're such a worry. 
Taking your gun away at all. You need 100 rounds and you're going to take our gun I did not say that. That's yes. not true. I did not say that. Video. It's a viral video like the other ones are putting out that have been simply alive. Oh, he just clarified it. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Take your AR, your AR 14s. Okay, this is not okay. All right. AR 14s. I never said it. He did say it. And he's attacking voters again. This is not his first time attacking voters. It's uh, you lying, doggy, pony, stupid pony thing. What a- so how do you explain the performance in Iowa? And why should the voters believe that you can win the national election? It's a good question. Number one, I was a Democratic caucus. You ever been to a caucus? No, you haven't. You're a lying, dog-faced pony soldier. You said you were, but you're, you're, now you got to be honest. I'm going to be honest with you. It was a little bit confusing in Iowa. I'm a lying, dog-faced pony soldier. Now, Justin, he's stammering his way through town halls. They now have reduced the minutes that he's actually able to speak to seven minutes, and he still can't get through them. I'm an a, a, a Biden I'm a Democrat. Uh, we can't win this re-election. We can only re-elect Trump. Trump says, thanks, I'll take the endorsement. He forgets Obama's name. He confuses his wife and sister. It's Super Thursday. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women are created equal down by the thing. You know, you know the thing. If you elect me, your taxes will be raised, not cut. But by the way, he meant that. All right, thanks, thanks, Chuck. Uh, it's Chris. It's not Chuck. It's, it's, oh, whatever. I never get up this early. Uh, rambling answers. I mean, you got a, a, a hundred and fifty million people died because of gun violence, huh? No, that's not true either. Tells a crowd that he was uh, arrested with a UN ambassador trying to meet Nelson Mandela. Didn't happen. He tells South Carolina crowd he's running for the Senate. He's running for president. He, you know, work with uh, uh, Ding Xiaoping on on Paris climate deal. The problem is that guy died in 1997. Says his deceased son was an attorney general. DACA students are, are more American than Americans. I mean, here in California, he's in Nevada. When he's, I, I mean, Iowa is uh, Ohio. Ohio is Iowa. Uh, El Paso is, you know, makes up cities for these things. I mean, it's unbelievable. 30330. Let me, one, two, three, oh, I'll get it right. I mean, it's pretty bad, you know, and it is what it is, and they can do and say all they want. NAFTA, by the way, he was getting hammered over NAFTA earlier today, but telling voters that you want to vote for you that they're full of shh when what they said is true. 
listen, he's got big problems here. The biggest problem he's now got is what I've been saying. He's got a record that is a disaster, and that is a record on H1N1. Now that flus are relevant in this campaign, then it's his record on the Iranian deal. Then it's his record on the horrible economic lack of progress, which I've gone over and will go over regularly on this program. And then he's got, yeah, he's compromised quid pro quo, Joe, with zero experience. Hunter, all of this now is going to come to the forefront. And even though the mob and the media want you to only look at the things that they care about and blame Trump, you know, by the time they're done in the mob with this coronavirus, it's going to be that Donald Trump was working with Vladimir Putin and other Russian mad scientists and Ukrainian scientists in a lab, and they perfectly they, they manufactured it. And they they built it. Why? To take out poor people. Look, I warned you. Every election year, it becomes an, an emotional roller coaster for a lot of people. And that's where we currently are. It is predictable. Every two years, every four years. What do I say? Republicans are racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic. Uh, they want dirty air, want, or want a, a grandma and grandpa to eat dog food and cat food and then throw them overboard. That's what they say. Now they're actually kind of saying it. Pelosi, civilization as we know it is at stake in this election. You know, I'm watching the same people. Now, there is a phenomenon going on here. Those that are bludgeoning Donald Trump over this coronavirus. Well, okay, the president now today is dedicating funding to help the industries impacted by corona. That would be the cruise line industry, for example. Or hourly workers that are afraid if they take a day off, even though they're not feeling well, uh, that they're going to lose their job or lose money. That is being handled. Rightly so. This is through no fault of anybody else. Well, we do have the H1N1. They didn't declare Obama himself. And that was Health and Human Services Secretary said it was an emergency. He didn't do, declare it and felt the need to declare it six months after the fact, after a thousand people died and 20,000 contracted H1N1. We lost nearly, what, 14,000 Americans from that virus. And I don't remember the media hype here. And I, there, I can give you some news that would be more comforting, and I will in the course of this program, because this is what we do. We're not politicizing this virus, but I don't remember these people hyping it up. But if you look at the people that are the loudest, the people you got the Schumers of the world, by the way, the same Chuck Schumer that was critical of the president's travel ban that he put in place three weeks after we identified corona and then quarantining that first time in decades yeah, Schumer was against it. Biden said it was xenophobic. Bernie last night said he wouldn't have put a travel ban in place. How many Americans didn't contract this virus because this president moved? And he moved and took the criticism for doing it. I got to give credit to Gavin Newsom. He actually told reporters Monday, had a private long conversation with Donald Trump. And he said, we're going to do the right thing. You have all my support, all of our support, logistically, any way you need it, everything you need. He said, quote, Newsom, everything I could have hoped for, Newsom said, he said, every single thing he said they followed through on. And then Newsom offered additional praise for Pence, who was leading the White House Coronavirus Task Force, saying that the administration has been helpful in repatriating passengers who are turning to the state from their cruises. Every single thing his administration, and it starts at the top, including the vice president, has been consistent with the expectation that we'd repatriate these passengers everything now if you turn over to you know 
Oh, the same networks that hated Trump and were hyping Russia, Russia, Russia. The same ones that were hyping impeach, 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 and asshole, asshole, asshole. I mean, it's gotten to the point. It's like it sounds like they're cheering for horrible things to happen with Corona. You know, literally, you got people, as it relates to Corona, well, this could take down Trump's presidency. It could. It's, it's like it would be like the equivalent of Katrina. Wow. I was thinking in terms of politics, we talked about the business community finally not kind of sticking with Donald Trump. But this this may be, I think, mentioned this with a little trepidation, but this may be Donald Trump's Katrina or the New York Times. This is the Trump virus. And if you're feeling awful, you know who to blame. You got others comparing it to the Iranian hostage crisis. This may end up being what what happened, his his Iranian hostage crisis. What happened to Jimmy Carter? It's like they're they're they're, ple- they're hoping, you know, Area 51, Roswell, Rachel Maddow's conspiracy channel. Trump is willing to lie to the people about things that will keep them alive. This is what they're saying. The same liars, the same people that have been wrong for three years to wake up every second minute hour of every 24 hour day hating Trump. This woman rule over there, whatever her name is. He's not being honest. They're flat out lying about coronavirus. No, they're not. All the money you want is there. The testing kits, okay, you can argue they're a little slow. It's there. Uh, Well, you said the risk is low. Comparatively, it's still really low. And if you want truth and facts, I hate to tell you this, and I'll give it all to you, but if you look at John Hopkins, I'd say a pretty credible source, uh, oh, the flu, this is as of yesterday, the regular flu is showing much more of an impact on Americans than coronavirus. And that is the senior director of infection prevention at John Hopkins. Why let the truth or real science get in the way of their mania and a, and a way to bludgeon Trump? This is how sick it's gotten. How about well, maybe we agree on one thing? We don't want Americans to get sick. We're spending billions. We have the test kits. Everything you want is there. And the president did something no other president did. Travel ban and quarantines. And you criticized him for that. How many thousands of Americans might have been infected had he not done it? Flying dog-faced pony soldiers. Remember he called the other guy, an Iowa voter, a damn liar and fat and too old uh, to vote for me? I don't know. I, I mean, yelling at voters and telling them that they're full of sugar and lying to them right to their face because he did say it. What the guy claimed he said, he said. Don't try me, pal. You want to go outside? You're working for me, man. I'm not working, Biden. Give me a break. Don't be such a horse's ass. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. Oh, Biden's so confident, I guess, he's now bringing every Democratic retread, I guess probably to get their support into his cabinet. Let's see, Elizabeth Warren, John Kerry, Susan Rice, Michael Bloomberg, uh, Pete Buttigieg, then, of course, Bezo Bozo O'Rourke. He wants everybody out there campaigning. Uh, anyway, we've got a lot of primaries. The big prize tonight will be Michigan. Biden has a lead there. Idaho, Mississippi, Missouri, North Dakota. Uh, we'll get to uh, the same people we've identified. All the Russia, Russia, Ukraine, Ukraine, impeach, impeach people. They are the loudest on Corona, Corona. We'll prove it next. All right. Thanks, Scott Shannon. 238 days till you, we, the American people, become the ultimate jury in spite of the sickness, the illness, the madness, the insanity 
that is being, you know, jammed down our throats every day by the mob and the media and Democrats that just every second minute hour of every day uh, 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 hyperventilating, uh, you know, anything negative they can say about Donald Trump. All right. It is uh, there are six primaries tonight. I'll be my regular time, nine Eastern with coverage on Hannity on Fox News. And there, well, nine percent of the total Democrats are on the line tonight. Fifty three percent of total available delegate a delegate still at lie ahead uh, tonight. Idaho. Well, first thing I'm going to look for is, all right, a Trump voter is going to come out again, even though it's uncontested for him. That's going to be does that phenomenon continue tonight in Idaho? Twenty delegates. Now, one guy that's done fairly well, northwestern states, uh, including Colorado, Utah, Bernie Sanders, uh, Idaho has 20 delegates. See what happens there. Uh, now it looks like a pretty sizable lead in, in Michigan for quid pro quo Joe. And actually Sanders 2016 win in Michigan helped him extend his primary battle against Clinton, but we'll see what happens tonight. That's going to be the big prize of the night. Uh, the state polls close at eight, but there's counties that stay open as I understand it till nine o'clock. Uh, so we'll be watching that closely. Mississippi, 9 Eastern when I come on the air, 36 delegates. Missouri, 68 delegates. Uh, Biden won neighboring Tennessee, Arkansas uh, on Super Tuesday. Missouri has a large met- metropolitan area that, that some say may favor Sanders. North Dakota's in play tonight uh, as well. Uh, you know, you can't even make this up. Washington Post is even reporting on this. Uh, the new Biden, shorter speeches. Seven minutes. I'll read it. As Joe Biden cradles a delegate lead through uh, the handful of primary states that will vote Tuesday, he has unleashed a rarely used weapon in what has now become a two-man battle for the Democratic presidential nomination. Brevity. Biden's event, St. Louis, framed by the Gateway Arch, clocked in at around seven minutes on Saturday. That's it. Oh, let's go see Joe Biden. Let's hear what he has to say for the country. Seven minutes. Uh, okay. Compare that to Donald Trump's arenas packed to the brim with bigger crowds outside. Anyway, short time later, goes to an event in Kansas City where people were streaming uh, for their cars after Biden wrapped up his whopping 12 minutes speech there. His longest speech this weekend was in a gymnasium in Jackson, Mississippi, and that wasn't even 15 minutes. I mean, you see what's happening here. They're trying to hide him. And, you know, and now they want the Biden, uh, the Sanders people saying, what's going on here? And now he wants to sit down at this next debate. I guess it's next Sunday or something. Sanders is a good guy, Biden said, speaking from a teleprompter, as he did at all his rallies this past weekend. We need a record turnout to beat Donald Trump. And he's right. We're going to be the campaign that does it. 155,000 more votes were cast in the South Carolina primary than four years ago. And guess what? They voted for us. Uh, Have they forgotten the real records have been shattered by Donald Trump in an uncontested election primary for him? Anyway, so uh, most uh, mostly gone are the not so brief diversions into the Biden family and so on and so forth. Uh, Yeah, they're trying to hide something, obviously. And lack of trust in Trump is causing the market to collapse. Well, as I told you yesterday, I actually did something I never do. I stay away from the stock market. I really do. I don't I don't do it. 
And I'm looking at the price of a barrel of oil yesterday. I called my financial guy. I said, why don't you just buy some oil? What the heck? Just for funny. And he says, is, hello, is Sean Hannity here? I said, uh, I don't know. I'm not putting a lot in just to see if, I'm, if my gut is right. They have this battle going on between OPEC, led by the Saudis, and uh, Vladimir Putin. Now, let me tell you what a lot of that's rooted in. Donald Trump's success. You know who's going to benefit? You, the American people, because as they battle it out and drive down the cost of a barrel of oil, that means that relates to lower pump prices for us, we, the people. And Biden sees with energy independent the first time in 75 years, and he's thinking, oh, this is not good. So OPEC is now trying to cut back on production and get Russia to agree to it. Russia's saying no. Then the Saudis are saying, well, the hell with you. We're just going to produce it cheaper than you can. So they have like a price war going on. There is a downside for American oil companies in the short term. I want, you know, if you don't have the free flow of oil at market prices, and they did this when the Balkans were so successful, is they try and make it so inexpensive and so cheap that it drives companies out of business in the United States where if we're microwaving, for example, shale oil, that's more of an expensive procedure, but we still have more reserves than they ever had. And I've, how many times have I said, you want to bring the hostile regime of Russia and the hostile actor Putin to his knees? I know how to do it. Figure out a way to get our energy, oil, gas over to our Western European allies so they never have to rely on him again. Now, Bernie Sanders responds to a question about Biden's mental acuity and uh, he did it at a town hall that was on Fox News last night, noted that uh, he gives longer speeches than Biden does. Some of Joe's uh, answers don't make sense. An audience member says to Sanders, do you think it's acceptable for a presidential candidate to respond to questions like Joe Biden does? Sanders says, when I give a speech, it's usually 45 minutes or an hour. Because there's a lot of challenges that the country faces. And I have to talk about all of them, Sanders said. I think Joe was somewhere in where he was, I don't know, Michigan, someplace the other day, and he spoke for seven minutes. I don't know how you say anything other than minimal discussions in seven minutes. And the question of Joe Biden's mental acuity, not something that just comes out of anywhere. Democrats brought this up. Cory Brooker brought it up in a debate. You know, we've had many Democrats. They're the first ones to do it. Oh, and Sanders has no regret for praising Castro. Uh, it's interesting to watch Kamala Harris and Cory Booker get slammed for their flip-flop on Joe. Remember, Kamala Harris confronted him over the busing issue. Trevor Noah made fun of Kamala Harris, called it a hostage-style video endorsement of Biden. Uh, the same with Cory Booker said, uh, yeah, Joe's losing it. And in his own nice little way. Anyway, so we're going to watch this. Uh, Joe Biden declares health care should be a right, but he won't sign Medicare for all. How are you going to fund $30 trillion, $35 trillion? Okay, what are we going to have? Lose your doctor, lose your care, and lose money. I don't know. So we'll see what happens. It's, an, it's going to be an interesting night tonight. We have a lot of other coverage. Now, look, I look at the same people. Everybody that pushed... The people that wake up every second, minute, hour of every 24-hour day hating Donald Trump, they're the loudest. No president ever acted faster than Donald Trump on coronavirus. We'll never be able to calculate how many thousands of Americans likely did not contract this disease as a result. And if you want to say, 
okay, we should have had the test faster. Okay, valid criticism. Weren't enough probably, weren't enough available. Fair criticism. They're there now. Uh, the money, trillions of dollars ad- allocated. You have this task force led by the vice president. If anyone would ever take the time and actually watch these task force meetings, they're preparing for every scenario. Um, but with that said, well, these they've minimized the whole thing. Okay, well, if you look at the numbers, um, I don't think putting the American people in a state of panic is necessarily a good strategy either. Right now, most people are not at risk of dying from corona. And I actually have some information that you might be interested in because it comes from professionals. And those are people that actually know these viruses. And these are people that care about your health and have no political agenda. For example, we have, uh, if you go to the hopkinsmedicine.org, well, we see there that we have a senior director of infection prevention at Johns Hopkins. Name is Lisa Lisa. Maragakis, I think I got it right. I hope I did. Anyway, quote, as of yesterday, the flu, in other words, the normal flu, not coronavirus, the flu is showing much more of an impact on Americans than corona. Much more. Now, when you turn on fake news CNN or MSDNC, we now have virus this year, 26. Uh, How many people were shot and killed in Chicago this year? 76. You know, why why don't we put the same amount of attention to stopping the violence in Chicago? I've been pointing it out for years. Why don't we? You would think that maybe we'd care. All right, so you say, all right, well, that's good news. And then it goes on, and, well, Republicans don't believe in science. Well, I actually do believe in science. I believe God created science. That's where gravity comes from, the foundations of the heavens and the earths. And on this day, there was light, and God said there was light, and it was morning, day, the next day. And I believe, I don't agree with atheists. I think if you're an atheist, you have to believe something comes out of nothing. We're not meant to cognitively understand the majesty of God at this point in our existence. Anyway, the scientist points out that the death rate is being less than 1% with corona among healthy, and also the point of about uh, 2.3%, the Chinese estimate being an overestimate because many mild cases went undiagnosed. That's what the scientist says. I suggested if that we took unreported mild cases into account, the actual death rate among infected people outside of China might be as low as 0.5%. Now, do I think we ought to take every precaution? 100%. But this is called perspective. On any given year, believe it or not, whether you want to believe it or not, there are anywhere... Between, you know, up to 60, tens of thousands of people that will die from a regular flu virus. I know it's not a convenient truth, but it is a truth. And yes, there are nine companies now working very closely on a some type of vaccine. But it's probably a little time away. 73% of all U.S. coronavirus deaths have so far happened at that one Washington State nursing home. That's 26 people as of today. Uh, in the entire U.S. from coronavirus, 19 of the 26 all took place in a nursing home. It appears that unlike H1N1, which they waited six months, a thousand dead Americans later and 20,000 contracting H1N1 before a full blown emergency declared by Obama. And one of his secretaries, I believe the health secretary, did say it was an emergency to get funding. But 
not a full-blown emergency. They never had a travel ban, and they never had any quarantine. Um, so it is, you know, now a political weapon for people. Now, should you be concerned? Yeah. Are schools going to close in some places? Yep. Uh, are people going to telework? Yep. All of that's going to happen. You know, you got top Obama officials now. The former acting solicitor general under Obama tweeting out the president should be removed from office under the 25th Amendment over this. I mean, you hear these TV people, they're like getting excited as they go on and on about this. And I'm just watching them and it's like, oh, well, those are the same people that lied to us for three long years. The same exact people, the same people from MSDNC. It is the same ones. It's the Roswell Rachel Maddows of the world. It's the Nicole Wallace's of the world. These people cannot stop themselves from hating all things Trump every second, every minute, every hour of every 24-hour day. And so they're now going to use coronavirus. Now, I have some other news from uh, which is pretty interesting to USA Today. They said, as it relates to China, that they detected 40 new cases of the virus in the past 24 hours, down from 44 new cases the previous day. China, total number of people infected, 80,735. By the way, H1N1 killed estimated over 500,000 people. Nearly 14,000 Americans. Anyway, so in China, 80,735 cases. Of the 80,000, 19,016 remain in treatment. 58,600 have been released. They're better. 3,000 have died of the 80,000. Okay, those are China's numbers. Even the New York Times is saying, to the surprise of some, and, you know, there isn't enough anger at China as far as I'm concerned. Because they were hiding this. They were concealing it. They mismanaged it. They tried to deny it. It's not good. That initial outbreak now, according to the New York Times, seems to be under control. The new cases reported has fallen dramatically as infections are surging in you know countries like Italy, where we have travel bans, et cetera, et cetera. And that's a good thing. We got to protect our people. Um, I see the president shaking hands with people, and I know Wall Street is always skittish and always nervous. I think yesterday's drop in the market; it's up almost a thousand now was largely due to the battle over oil prices. Um, and the question is, when are we going to hold these media mob people accountable for what they do to the American people? I mean, th- at what point is there a price to be paid by them for their lies? But I'm, t- I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. Assuming we get a hold of and handle on this because we've, let's see, applied the money. Now the president is helping out any business that is negatively impacted financially, and we're helping out individuals negatively impacted financially, hourly workers, everybody that might be in need of help is going to get the help. president has gotten rid of any copay as it relates to get coronavirus testing. The test kits now have gotten out there. He has travel bans in effect, quarantines in effect. Okay, and we're just going to have to take this. The next part of this responsibility falls on us. I would say to you, basically, based on what I can see here, if you have any elderly members of your family that have compromised immune systems or are sick or susceptible, other underlying medical conditions, those are the people you, you want to almost create your own mini quarantine for them because they're the ones most susceptible to this. And we're beginning to figure that out. But, of course, they don't want to tell you that. I, I can't bludgeon Trump with facts. But the experts are saying this. I'm not going to come on this program and lie to you. 
Of course you should take concern. But the flu, according to Johns Hopkins, yeah, you have a bigger risk from that today. Let's, you know, it's called perspective. But yes, do everything you can do to keep your loved ones safe. Be smart. And this too shall pass, like all the other pandemics, unfortunately. This president uh, has also called together businesses and industries to make this a whole of America approach. Uh, last week at this table, uh, the president met with pharmaceutical leaders. We met with nursing home leaders, uh, the leaders of commercial labs, airline industries. Uh, we're bringing all of uh, the businesses of the country to bear to protect the health of the American people. But today, Mr. President, uh, you directed us to bring together uh, insurance companies, health insurance companies that cover uh, through private insurance and through their support of Medicare and Medicaid, uh, almost 240 million Americans. And I'm pleased to report, uh, as you requested, Mr. President, that all the insurance companies here, either today or before today, have agreed to waive all co-pays on coronavirus testing uh, and extend coverage for coronavirus treatment uh, in all of their benefit plans. Uh, and at your direction, uh, Medicare and Medicaid last week already made it clear to Medicare and Medicaid beneficiaries that coronavirus testing and treatment would be covered. Uh, these private insurance carriers have extended that as well. There was a hospital uh, which actually leaked information, uh, and they are expecting millions of hospitalizations as this outbreak unfolds. How severe will this become, sir? Well, it certainly has the potential uh, to be severe, and that's one of the reasons that uh, you know the task force meets every day. We're in communication with a lot of experts around the country in terms of the best ways to contain this. Obviously, if, if we don't use best practices, uh, to contain the spread, then we will have a horrendous situation. But we're very cognizant of that. We meet on a daily basis. We evaluate the information and we make recommendations based on the evidence. What can we do, if anything, to stop what seems to be coming our way in a big way? I mean, this hospital leak uh, is revealing that they're preparing for millions of hospitalizations. In this presentation, which was titled What Healthcare Leaders Need to Know, it, it, it expects 4.8 million hospitalizations uh, associated with coronavirus, 96 million cases overall, and 480,000 deaths. Does that sound right to you? Is that possible? Uh, absolutely. Uh, is it likely? Probably not. Uh, but we obviously are going to do everything we can to make sure that we minimize the, the damage that's done here. And that Over the past couple of days, President Trump has said that he would prefer if none of the passengers aboard these cruises landed on U.S. soil. Did he mention any of that to you? In your yeah, we had a we had a private conversation, but he said we're going to do the right thing, and you have my support, uh, all of our support, uh, logistically and otherwise. So I, before he made those statements publicly, I had a private conversation with him around 4:30 uh, West Coast time, uh, and he said everything uh, that I could have hoped for, uh, and we had a very long conversation, uh, and every single thing he said, they followed through on. So I'm I'm just not interested in and finding daylight uh, on those statements because uh, every single thing, his administration, and it starts at the top, uh, including the vice president, uh, has been consistent with uh, the expectation that we repatriate these passengers and we do it in a way that does justice to the spirit that defines the best of our country and the state of California. 
All right, that was the California governor, uh, Gavin Newsom. Uh, we've gone through all of the lying, all of the politicizing, all of the political uh, using this as a political bludgeoning tool. The latest against Donald Trump. Interestingly, the same exact people involved in Russia, Russia, Russia. Uh, private conversation. We're going to do it right. You have my support. He said everything I could have hoped for. Every single thing he said that he would do, he followed up on every single thing. And it starts at the top. All right. Good news, right? You would think it's an all hands on deck moment. I don't agree with everything, anything Gavin Newsom stands for. But what's important is the health of our citizens. Uh, we have some other information to pass on to you. If you're interested in the truth uh, and facts, uh, China's National Health Commission. And by the way, China does deserve a lot of criticism here because they tried to hide it. They concealed it. They mismanaged the initial outbreak. And but even the New York Times recognizing they have now brought their situation under control, at least by their own figures. Number of new cases uh, being reported falling dramatically as infections are surging in some of the other countries. I don't think they've quite gotten a handle on it in Italy yet. In China, for example, they've had 40 new cases of the virus in the last 24 hours, down from 44 the previous day. Total cases in China, 80,735, uh, among which 19,016 remain in treatment. 58,600 have been released, and in China, 3,000 people died. Again, for perspective, we lost H1N1 swine flu, 2009-10. By the way, no travel ban, no quarantine. Uh, we lost nearly 14,000 Americans in this country worldwide, almost, uh, and some estimates even above a half a million. Uh, when you look at that getting under control, that gives us, well, some hope that we're moving in the right direction, that they've learned things, and those things obviously will be passed on. Further information, just to put, you know, just to make you aware, 73% of all coronavirus deaths so far happened in that one Washington State nursing home. 19 of the 26 deaths that happened happened in that one location. Uh, as I understand it, there's like triage on the ground and all hands on deck going on out there to help people, as with the cruise ship. Uh, now, if you look at Johns Hopkins website, hopkinsmedicine.com, the flu is showing more impact uh, on Americans. The flu, much more of an impact than Corona. Then they have the updated information on the CDC website. Uh, you have one of the, the senior direction of infection prevention at Johns Hopkins explaining the flu and corona are similar and how they are different. Symptoms, for example, a little different. A lot of symptoms are the same. Very, very similar. But an obvious conclusion that nobody will make is that corona, 3,995 deaths worldwide, 22 in the U.S. The flu, 646,000 deaths worldwide and you know we have anywhere between 12 and 61,000 deaths in the u.s as a flu every year that's called perspective uh the cdc americans over 60 and those with compromised immune systems are the most vulnerable that means your grandma your grandpa you have a family member going through chemotherapy you got to probably keep them safe and as safe as possible they're the ones that are most uh, at risk if in fact they contract the virus anyway uh secretary of housing urban development a great doctor johns hopkins in his own right dr ben carson is with us one of the greatest uh, neurosurgeons in the country and uh, how are you sir i'm doing well sean good to be with you okay you're part of the president's team the vice president heading up this uh 
this team of people like yourself and others, and we've been watching the daily press conferences that they're giving, your thoughts on where we are, the risks to Americans? Well, uh, first of all, uh, I think we're very fortunate to have recognized this early. The president, you know, quickly declared a public uh, health emergency and suspended the travel from China and Iran. Uh, we put in place the proper types of quarantines uh, for Americans who are returning to the country, uh, established special advisories for places that were having increasing numbers, like Italy and Korea, and, uh, you know, made it possible for people to get testing with a doctor's order. Also concentrated very much on the places that were the most problematic places, like that nursing home in Seattle and other nursing homes. CMS is going out and inspecting nursing homes to make sure they have in place procedures that won't facilitate transmission of the disease because it is a contagious disease. Make no mistake about it. But keep in mind that a lot of people who may contract the virus have very little in the way of symptoms. So when we talk about death rates, for instance, we really have uh, no way to calculate that because there's a lot more people out there who have it who aren't being tested because they're not symptomatic. And as the denominator goes up, the, the death rate would go down dramatically. If, if you had to add, is there any one thing, now we've appropriated the monies, the test kits are now being distributed, they were a little slow at the test kits, apparently didn't have them prepared, um, and we the president we identified this virus, World Health Organization, December 30. They, they knew there was a virus in the Wuhan province uh, area of China on December 30th of last year. They identified it as corona January 7th this year. On January 31st, the travel ban went into effect, followed by the quarantine, and that has now been expanded out to other countries with higher incidences of this uh, disease spreading to prevent infection in America. Now, the money's appropriated, test kits going out. What else should the president be doing that he's not doing? Are we missing anything here? I think uh, we're actually doing an excellent job. Um, and, you know, the most important thing right now is for the people themselves to exercise common sense and to keep themselves informed about this. Recognize the things that you should do to keep yourself safe. And more importantly, any people who are near you who fit into the category of the very susceptible. That would be, you know, people advanced in age or with underlying conditions, particularly those that would affect the immune system. And if you have an elderly person who has, you know, those things going on, you really need to pay particular attention to what's going on. Average age of a person dying from corona, Dr. Carson, is 80. Uh, it seems like, unlike, for example, and I'm not an expert in viruses, so you got to bear with me, but it's interesting in one sense how H1N1 impacted younger people a lot more, not older people. This one impacts older people more, but not younger people. But it seems like uh, for most people, if you are healthy, and even if you contract the disease, that you're going to be fine. But if you're older and you have a compromised immune system or underlying health conditions, and I would imagine, in other words, you have other health concerns, or I would, I would argue that probably means if you're going through chemotherapy or some type of therapy, uh, that you're at a particularly much higher risk. It, it is important to recognize that the, the average length of time uh, that it takes 
from the time you're exposed to the virus to the time you become symptomatic, according to a Johns Hopkins study, is about 5.1 days. And during part of that time, you are contagious. So that's why you can't relax and say, you know, my grandmother, I love my grandmother, and I'm serving her this and that and the other, and I feel perfectly fine, so I'm safe. It's not necessarily true. So, so in other words, if you have an elderly person in your family, I mean, you should almost sort of mini-quarantine them. Is that a fair way to say it? Uh, that's a fair way to say it, and to make sure that you are not carrying diseases to them. And and if, for example, you need to care for them or somebody that needs to care for them, it would be a good idea for those individuals to get tested, maybe even get tested regularly. and yeah, I- all. And take the precautions of, you know, washing and Purell and gloves and masks and all the things that we, that are pretty much basic common sense. Exactly. But as you know, these days, common sense is not that common. <laughs> no, it's really not that common. Uh, what do you think a lifespan for this is? I, some viruses that when the warmer weather begins to hit, they, they tend to lessen um, the spread dramatically. Do we have any indication which way this one's going? We really, we really don't, because mm-hmm. this is new, and, and we, we just don't know. We're hoping that it acts the same way as some of the other coronaviruses do. And if that's the case, then the warm weather will be our friend. But we don't know for sure. Let me ask you, let me go back to your colleague, because um, uh, I found this particularly interesting at hopkinsmedicine.org, if people want to read it. Um, and again, I think these are important things, but the senior director for infection prevention at Johns Hopkins is actually saying that the flu we have this year is having a much greater impact on Americans than Corona. People don't get worked up about the flu. Why? Uh, well, let me put it this way. If there were the kind of media hype about the standard flu that there is about coronavirus, people would be running down the street right now. Okay. How, um, how old are you, doctor? If you don't mind me asking, I can look it up. But do you care I'm, if I ask you that? I'm 68. Okay. Do you worry about corona? I certainly take all the necessary precautions, but I don't. I, I haven't changed my daily routine. All right. Dr. Ben Carson, Secretary, Housing and Urban Development, thank you for being with us, 800. And he's on the Vice President's Task Force or the President's Task Force. All right, 25 till the top of the hour. Even Democrats, even media mob people questioning Biden's mental fitness and stamina. Wow, it's not just Sean Hannity. Listen. He's not that good at this. I mean, he's clearly not that strong a candidate thinking on his feet. Obama warned Biden's aides to make sure Biden didn't embarrass himself. Is Joe Biden too old to be president? Has he lost a step? Uh, is he is he too shaky? That is an actual conversation that is happening. Talk to any Democrat. There are questions. Does Joe Biden have what it takes? Whether that's an age question, whether that's a discipline question, whether that's a focus question. Uh, there are questions about Joe Biden. There are growing concerns among Democrats, Corinne, uh, in terms of the, the, whether he's up for this. As we, as Joe and I was, was just saying, that like the pace is only going to pick up. Like he's the campaign has largely, other than these debates, kept him out of a lot of big public moments in the public eye. Yeah. What are you hearing in terms of Democrats' concerns about whether Joe Biden's simply up for the job? Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that they don't know if he is going to be. This is the folks that in, in my circle, right? The folks who are doing this behind the scenes and wondering, can he do it once if he becomes a nominee and he's up against? Donald Trump. This was his opening statement. Well, look, the next president of the United States can have to do, th- do two things. Defeat Donald Trump. That's number one. 
And number two, it's going to have to make be, be able to go into states like Georgia and North Carolina and other places. And one, that Donald Trump doesn't want me to be the nominee. That's pretty clear. He held up aid to make sure that while at the same time, innocent people in the Donbass are getting killed by Russian soldiers. Secondly, I found out that Vladimir Putin doesn't want me to be president. All right. So, of course, Willie is struggling there. He's closing his eyes. I, you know, he's, he knows he's having trouble finding words. The sentences are jumbled. The words are jumbled. But I just wonder, is the media grading Joe Biden on a scale? Are we afraid to say that a lot of his sentences don't make sense, that he's having trouble completing thoughts. The question is, does he still have his stuff? And Spontaneity. Yeah, and is he, how sharp is he? Sometimes a lack of clarity, and I think that's what I'm hearing on the ground. I think that's what a lot of people are thinking, and, that, you know, we can't afford that at this point. You just said that two minutes ago. Are you forgetting what you said two minutes ago? Are you forgetting already what you said just two minutes ago? I think that Castro has some really uh, legitimate concerns about can he be someone in a long, grueling campaign uh, that can get the ball over the line, and he has every right to call that out. There are definitely moments where you listen to Joe Biden and you just wonder. Yeah, just wonder. Well, Biden is at it again today. Auto workers, Michigan, whoopsie-daisy, pretty angry. Guy. Go vote for somebody else, you jerk. You're a lion, dog-faced ponies. And we to hold these truths to be self-evident. All men are created and women are created equal and doubt by the, the thing. The thing. You know the thing. Yeah, well, he's lashing out again at people that he would like to have vote for him. Listen. I support the Second Amendment. Second Amendment, just like right now, if you yell fire, that's not free speech. From the very beginning, I have a shotgun, I have a 20 gauge, a 12 gauge, my son's hunt. Guess what? You're not allowed to own any weapons. I'm not taking your gun away at all. You need a hundred rounds and you're going to take I did not say that. That's not true. I did not say that. It's a viral video like the other ones are putting out that have said they're lying. Well, he just clarified it. Wait, 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 wait. Take your AR, your AR 14s and Well, that is a great way. Call one auto worker a horse's ass, and he's going to ban the AR 14. And all these years, I thought it was an AR-15. I must be wrong. And he tells another auto worker that he's full of beep. And I never said that I would uh, put a ban. Yeah, we got that tape. Listen. To gun owners out there who say, well, a Biden administration means they're going to come for my guns. Bingo. You're right if you have an assault weapon. The fact of the matter is they should be illegal, period. Look, the Second Amendment doesn't say you can't restrict the kinds of weapons people can own. You can't buy a bazooka. You can't have a flamethrower. The guys who make these arguments are the people who say the tree of liberty is water with the blood of patriots. We need the protection against the government. We need an F-15 for that. 
You need something well beyond whether or not you're going to have an assault weapon. I am coming from assault weapons, meaning that the horse's ass that's full of beep was correct. Oh, great job, Joe. All right, let's get to our busy phones. 800-941-SHAWN. You want to be a part of the program. Gina, Florida. Gina, hi. How are you? Glad you called, and thanks for being with us. We'll be watching Florida in 238 days. It goes fast. Absolutely, and I'll be voting. So first of all, Sean, I want to thank you and your wonderful staff for just being informational and truthful. I always use news as a springboard, not as a starting place, not an ending place. Primary resources are, are where it's at. Um, but thank you for all that you do. Well, I did thank want to you. comment on a clip. Sure. I wanted to comment on a clip that you played last week from The View, and this is not just coming from The View. It's coming just all over the place. By the way, for those that don't know what you're talking, you're talking about that hard-hitting, award-winning news broadcast, The View with Joyless (laughs) Behar. That one. Okay. Absolutely. Where they said that Trump and the Republicans want to take your health care. It's coming. They're going to take your health care, and they're going to take away your pre-existing conditions. Lies, lies, lies. Anybody that you can play clip after clip after clip of uh, Trump saying and all Republicans out there saying uh, in Congress that they are not going to take away pre-existing conditions, one. And um, secondly, I'm one of the ones that's already happened. Thanks to Obamacare, thanks to Obama, Biden, Pelosi and the Democrats, I was priced out of uh, my affordable health insurance. I have been self-employed. I actually have 21 years between my kids. So I had a family of three at the time before Obamacare. I've got a family of three now and I was self-employed, I was able to provide that insurance for my family before Obamacare for about 350 bucks. That same health insurance, when I got was self-employed again back in 2018 in the state of Florida, cost me $1,595 with only one choice. And I'm, I'm middle America. So they're, they're not talking about the, the people that have to now go on a share program, which isn't technically insurance. They're not talking about those people that have lost insurance because of Obamacare. I'm one of many. Listen, it's sad. The only one thing I could say is at least you don't have to pay the tax for not having insurance. On the one hand, on the other hand, I'm sure you want health insurance. Um, Absolutely. And and Trump, Trump, thanks to Trump, that fine is now zero dollars. Right? He couldn't get rid of that that cert that uh, tax, but he at least could loophole it in a way that we, you know, you're not penalized for that in a sense. Um, but look, I have family members who who even can't afford it with the Obamacare assistance the subsidy. They still couldn't afford it. I have a sister-in-law with brain cancer, and she couldn't afford it. $50 doesn't sound like much, right? But that's a lot of money. And so Obama didn't care. They can talk about some of the people. I know of one person that it did help out because of pre-existing conditions. But again, we're, we're, nobody's threatening to take that away. Obamacare, listen, all, well, one Democrats thing I will say, I mean, it, listen, this is not a minor thing, but it's all part of the president right. and this economic package he unveiled today, which I'm glad he did. And that is, look, the cruise ship industry, if you're in the cruise ship industry, you're dead right now. And so they're putting together an aid package. Those industries that are being impacted the most uh, are going to get federal relief. I agree with it. It's fine. It's it's totally understandable through no fault of their own whatsoever. The same with hourly workers that are afraid if they take off a day, they're going to lose their jobs. Those protections are put in place. And similarly, if you're going to get tested for Corona, uh, there will be no copay needed necessary for anybody to get their their test. 
Um, all of that is important. Frankly, you know, it ought to be like, to be honest, Gina, the type of thing now that the tests are being manufactured so rapidly that if people want to get a test, I know when I get a flu shot every year, I go to my local Rite Aid and I get, you know, I get my shot there. I don't even bother going to my doctor for that. Um, right, exactly. And- I mean, the bottom line is that when you have socialized medicine, it, 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 it is not compatible with capitalism or the market that we have. So what they're going to do is essentially, and this is my fear with the Democrats plan, whether it be Sanders or, or Biden, is that they're going to force us in a position like they forced my family to have to rely on the government. I don't want to have to rely on the government. I was doing fine no, on listen, my own, I- and I'm here to help others in my community. I will tell you... But uh, I'm just happen to be blessed in my life that I have all my friends, so many of them are doctors and and they're great at what they do. And all of them complain about the very things you're mentioning from their point of view. They didn't they didn't really become doctors and do, you know, medical school, first college and medical school and then residency fellowships and then get a job. And then when you try to open an office, you know, I mean, it's just that they didn't do it for the money. They did it because they love it. And so, in a sense, I have access to concierge service because I can call my friends that are doctors at three in the morning and they're going to pick up the phone and they'll say, what's up? Um, and if I need help, they'll be there for me. Um, that's a blessing. But it's like guys like, you know, Josh Umber at Atlas MD, who we featured many times on this program, has proven for 50 bucks a month, you can get unlimited care, 24-7, concierge care, like just like I have. Call, there's always a doctor on, on duty. They take care of pretty much everything. They they actually buy the pharmaceuticals direct. So you, you walk out of your doctor's office paying 95% less for your prescriptions uh, because that's the discounts he's getting, even on some cancer treatments like breast cancer. Uh, they're covered with Dr. Umber and Atlas MD. And he's duplicated this, you know, almost a thousand times now around the country, and he's become an expert on it. And you couple... That 50 bucks a month you pay with a catastrophic plan if, God forbid, you get cancer or have a bad accident or, God forbid, you have a heart attack, and bam, you're covered. You got everything covered. Um, there's better ways to do this. Republicans weren't ready. It's the biggest thing that they've blown. We're waiting on a Supreme Court decision again on Obamacare. We'll see where that brings us and where we land with that. But at the end of the day, the way to fix this if you really want to fix it, is in 238 days, vote for, if you got to vote for President Trump and shock the world again, you might want to bring along some Republican congressmen and senators with them, because if we can get the majorities in both houses, well, the investigation madness ends and great things can get done that we could cement in that will make it a, make us a freer, better country. Because you're right. You said, hey, I don't want the government providing me anything. They don't do anything well. That's why this whole new Green Deal you know, 94 trillion in 10 years, Medicare for all, 52 trillion in 10 years. We don't even take in that money. And they're just making these promises and pulling them out of the thin air, knowing that they'll never be able to fulfill them. And that is the, the, that is the long history of socialism. Failure, false promises, power grabs. That, you know, and that's what we're witnessing here. And as we've learned, Democrats will stop at nothing to get that power. Anyway, Gina, I hope everything works out for you. Um, it's sad. There's almost 37 now percent of the country that only has one Obamacare exchange option. Only one, not two, one. Millions lost their doctors. Millions lost their plans. And everybody's paying more. All right, as we continue back to our busy phones, uh, let us say hi to Brian in California. What's up, Brian? How are you? Good afternoon, Mr. Hannity from Red Dot, California. Otherwise yeah. known as Bakersfield. <laughs> What's going I'm on? I'm just calling. 
Sir, I'm calling to, uh, there's a little bit of bright spot in this coronavirus. I know it doesn't sound intuitive, but I think the way that the media is really talking down the market, talking down uh, President Trump is really going to highlight in a couple months or maybe two or three months the, how uh, much the uh, the Trump economic policies, tax policies, tariffs have rebounded the market. It's really going to highlight how those policies, those solid policies, can take a crippled market and then immediately rebound. And I think that the more they talk it down, the more it's just going to highlight uh, those policies that are actually uh, continuing to make America great. The sick part of this is this. It's sort of like with Russia, Russia and all the reporting there, Ukraine, Ukraine and asshole, asshole and stormy, stormy. And, you know, whatever it happens to be now, it's Corona, Corona madness. And it's all the same people. If you look at all the it's all the same people with all the same madness. And I will tell you that if we listen to these people, we're going to be disappointed. Liberals will be disappointed again because everything that could be done now is being done. And if you want to say nuance, say he could have done this, could have done that, then you could have also given praise for the travel ban. But they won't do that. So I think you're right, and I'm pretty confident the markets bounce back. They bounced back earlier today, and I think we're going to be ultimately, in the end, this will be resolved like everything else. And we have these pandemics. We have these breakouts. This is, and nobody's acted quicker or faster than Donald Trump. Fact, end of sentence, no matter how much they try to bludgeon him and politicize this. Austin Goolsby and much more. Straight ahead, 800-941-SEAN as we continue. Next, our final news roundup and information overload hour. What is government really for? The government is there to protect you from terrorism, for a health thing, just exactly this thing. This is exactly the function of government, and our government is screwing up. But this may be Donald Trump's Katrina. This is an event that could take down a president's. What the Iran hostage crisis was in the yeah. final year of Carter's presidency, not his fault, but it's, it's a test in real time. The president is doing nothing. Uh, but but playing in his political sandbox uh, while this virus continues to spread silently across America. And it just seems to me it just reveals once again his his incompetence and his in some in some ways. I know this is harsh. His incapacity for empathy. The virus is going to kill Americans regardless of their stupidity are actually because of their stupidity. We are in danger. And put the partisan politics aside for a moment, and you are on my disdain for the president. For the president to stand there with a campaign hat on and try to keep people at bay so he can play with the numbers for political reasons, while we're seeing people of all parties, all races, all economic backgrounds in jeopardy here is as callous and immoral and sick as one can be. All right, news roundup and information overload hour. This this is it. This is not the coronavirus. This is the Trump virus. It's Trump's fault. All of it. And if you're feeling terrible, you know who to blame, according to the New York Times. It could be Trump's Katrina. It could be the Iranian hostage crisis like it was to Jimmy Carter and be the end of his presidency. And it goes on from there. And people are dying and they're lying and nothing could be further from the truth. You know, it was funny watching uh, Bolshevik Bernie last night. No, I wouldn't have put the travel ban in effect. Uh, Joe said the same thing when he said it was xenophobic. Uh, Now we've got eight 
what, billion taxpayer dollars allocated for this and economic help on its way for hourly workers and and businesses impacted, like the cruise industry. we got to help the cruise industry out. Nobody's going to want to take a cruise for a while. And every aspect of this, everything that can be done is being done. Uh, And I just, it's the same group of people that have been lying about Russia, Russia, Ukraine, Ukraine, the same exact cast of characters it's it's Area 51, Roswell, Rachel Maddow, and uh, Nicole Wallace, and 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 ev- pretty much everybody over there at MSDNC and Fake News CNN. It's fake News CNN. When the president put the travel ban in effect, oh, it's it'll stigmatize other countries. This is outrageous. Or God forbid, you call it the Wuhan virus. Now they're saying that's racist. If you call it the virus from where it came, well, what is West Nile virus for crying out loud? Uh, It is what it is, and nobody will talk about a comparison that we have. We have the ability to compare and contrast the Biden-Obama administration and their response to H1N1 swine flu, which did not, by the way, average age of a person dying from this coronavirus is 80 years old. It seems to impact those that are most at risk at that if they get or contract a virus and you're 80 years old and you have a compromised immune system or other underlying health issues, you you are at serious risk. Let there be no doubt about it. They've been saying it now forever. But if you're young, odds of even contracting it are quite low. Uh, As it means, as it relates to healthy people getting it, you're going to recover. This is a very specific group of people. Now, how do you know this, Hannity? Are you a scientist? No, but I have all of the truth in front of me because that's all I've been reading all day. And, oh, let's go to Johns Hopkins, hopkinsmedicine.org. I think they're a prestigious medical uh, educational facility. Yeah, the flu is showing much more of an impact on Americans than corona. You can get all the updated information on the Center for Disease Control and Prevention's website. And then it goes to give you every similarity between the two of them. Some of the other underlying uh, bits of information we're getting from, let's say, Katerina Zimmer. She happens to write for The Scientist. Oh, I thought Republicans and conservatives don't believe in science. Yeah, we believe in science. We believe in the science that God created the heavens and the earth. And guess what? There's something called gravity that that keeps us in orbit. Yes, that was him. Uh, But anyway, there's less than 1%. Otherwise, healthy, healthy people are dying from this disease. The fatality rate... And they go into what the underlying diseases that seem to be most impacted. Cardiovascular disease, if you have that and you get the virus, you're at a much higher risk. If you look at the people that died, again, average person, 80 years old. Uh, They wrote about the death rate in the scientists being less than 1%. And it goes on from there. Uh, Anyway, here to talk about this, also the impact on the economy in all of this, uh, is Austin Goolsbee. Professor at Chicago's Booth School of Economics, former chairman of Council of Economic Advisors for the Obama administration. Uh, David Banson is with us, author of Elizabeth Warren, How Her Presidency Would Destroy the Middle Class and the American Dream. Managing partner, chief investment officer of the uh, Banson Group. Uh, all right, Austin, I'm going to be very, very blunt with you. And I'm going to be very nice. I don't want you. I don't want your wife, who I think is a saint. I don't want your children. I don't want any Democrat to get sick with the virus. Nobody. I don't want anyone to die from cancer. I don't want anyone to die from the flu. Um, But with that said, when you look at when did your friend Barack Obama declare a national emergency with H1N1? Well, we knew about H1N1 April 2009. 
said national emergency October of 2009. In the interim, 1,000 Americans died and 20,000 more contracted the disease. Now, Hannity, are you blaming Barack Obama for that? No, I think he could have acted quicker, like Donald Trump did in three weeks, by putting in a travel ban in quarantines. Here's my answer. Uh, Mr. Hannity, uh, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> no, look, A, you got the facts wrong on that. Uh, I was there at that time, and the President Obama declared a national emergency in April of 2009. That, no, no, no. He, his Health and Human Services Secretary yes, did. De- no, declared an emergency to get some of the daughter, funds. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He did not declare himself an emergency until October 2019, and I'm willing to bet more than five dinners on that. No, that's not. You you're gonna. You really don't want to do that. I will. I do want to do that. I have to take my money. Five dinners. He declared a national emergency. I said he had a secretary that did it eleven days after they had identified it to release certain sums of money, but not a full-on national emergency until October nineteenth. Check the facts. He he declared it an emergency. My daughter got the H one N one flu. And had to go in the Scary. ICU and almost died. And he Scary. called me at the hospital at that time. Um, and it was a really scary moment for us. But uh, right, by the way, I'm glad she's okay. Is not, this is not President Trump's finest moment. He needs to stop doing things like going out and saying, we only have 14 cases and pretty soon that's going to go down to zero and convincing people that there's no problem. What we, we should be putting all the focus on slowing the spread of the virus, like they have done in South Korea, like they're doing in Italy. We need to have much more aggressive testing and trying to get social distance between people. Well, I watch every press conference, and now there are millions of tests that have been sent out all across the country, so the tests are now available. Took a little time to do that. I'll even concede the point, maybe a little slow on the testing. The money is there. The travel ban was there. The quarantine was there. The travel ban was a good idea. I agree with you. Okay. Why didn't Obama do that? With the travel ban? Why didn't he have a quarantine? Why didn't he have a travel ban? Why? Well, th- there was a vaccine. If you remember, the, the nope. main differences between the flu, why this is has more uncertainty and is a little scarier, is we don't have a treatment and we don't have a we vaccine. We didn't have a treatment in April of 2009 o- for we did. swine flu. We had flu. Tamiflu. Yeah, we did. We had Tamiflu and we had a vaccine for the flu. And if you remember... All the effort of public why health. Did, then why did Fort, then why did thirteen thousand Americans die? Thirteen thousand Americans died in that case. They died because not everyone took the vaccine, and the vaccine is not a hundred percent effective. But that, that's my point. I agree. All right, with but you. the point is People that should not blame all fatalities on the president. But the president should be doing everything now. As we were back, Every, at everything the time now of is H1 being N1 done to slow the spread of the virus. That's even even important. Gavin Newsom is praising the president on this. Uh, let me bring David in. David, your reaction to all this? You know, honestly, Sean, it's just so discouraging that in a moment like this, where there's human life on the line, there's tremendous economic impact. That this is another opportunity for the country to go tribal, to go politically tribal. Some of the things that folks on the left are saying are just reckless. And I'm not one, by the way, Sean, that is constantly praising the president. I do criticize him when I think he's wrong. So I I don't want to be hypocritical here. I was very defensive of President Obama when friends of mine on the right were blaming him 
for the BP oil spill in 2010 because it was irrational. It was just sort of that tribal instinct that says, let's blame the other person when they're in power. There's a messy dynamic to the world, to health epidemics. And, and weather and pestilence and things of that nature are not always in the president's control. And in this particular case, I'm quite sure with 2020 hindsight, there's a couple of things here and there anybody wishes they could do differently. I think overall, it seems to me they're handling it as best they can. But it's the fact that it's the first impulse of the left. I guess it shouldn't be a surprise. I know you're probably not surprised, Sean. I just keep hoping that we're better than this, and it doesn't seem like we are. I, listen, okay, I, I, guys, unfortunately, let, let but me, I'll give you an example. You, let me ask you about some specific examples. When the president got up and said, we're very, very close to a vaccine, that's a, why say that? We're not, all the experts say we're at least a year away from a vaccine. Well, wait when a minute. The there were two. Said, there were, let, let me back the president. Let me answer your question. You I, the virus. Hang on. There was a similar coronavirus that had been worked on for many, many years. It's just a, this is a variation of that older virus, as you know. The Israelis at the time said, we, we think we have it. And that's where that report was from. Also, there was a company in Norton, Massachusetts, that phase one trials, human trials are beginning uh, in about two weeks. And I think the president was saying that it all depends on what you mean a short period of time. Now, there are 20 vaccines currently uh, in the pipeline being made now and tested as we speak, but maybe it gave the wrong impression. But I, I, I know where that came from. Let me ask you this. How many people have been shot and killed in Chicago so far this year? And how many in over the eight years of Obama? Do you know the answer to that question, Austin Goolsby? This year, I believe it's 100 um, or 76 that or I've confirmed. Like that. Many others shot. You know, in the last number of years, thousands shot, many thousands murdered. And 26 Americans have died from corona this year. We have more people dying from the regular flu every year. Uh, if you look at the... Well, I, I mean, does that make you I feel better? No, I mentioned that we don't see the hype and hysteria or the... Frankly, I've never understood why. Every weekend, we have violence all over Chicago and we don't fix it. This is your hometown. It should be fixed. You know why? Because every person that shot is an American, part of our American family. And we let this go on. And I don't say, hear any outrage from these people that are so outraged about this. No, you hear tons of outrage about no, that. Then why haven't they fixed it? all the time in Chicago. And why haven't we they have fixed gotten it? it down by about 35% in the last two years. But it's still way too high. The fact that people die in other ways even more frequently, in car accidents, in suicides, on drugs, in violent shootings, should not change the fact that this is an extremely contagious virus that is spreading that we don't have a treatment for and we don't have a vaccine. And we should be engaging in just standard public health to slow the spread of the virus. The president should not be going out and well, what telling do you people think, what will you say that the, the president, virus, unlike any other president, hang on a second, that, Sean, it's a unlike any other president, no president in decades has put a travel ban in effect or quarantine in effect. In three weeks, we identified Corona January 7th. On January 31st, he had the travel ban in effect. Two days later, he had the quarantine in effect. Um, I would say, I fairly confidently, I can't prove it, 
Probably that means thousands of Americans did not contract this virus as a result. And all I hear is the hatred, as David was describing. You hope it would go away. You think we could all get along and work on a solution, but you can't in this environment, uh, David. Well, that, that's right. And I think that my concern is, and I know Austin wouldn't do this, and I know there's plenty of reasonable people on the left, but you feel like they're rooting for it to be a Katrina. That, there, that there's a sense which they're wishing for it to be true as that president, you know, that I said to my wife when all this happened that you're going to hear people want this to be the, the president's Katrina. And, and then all of a sudden I started hearing them say it on TV. It's language that should never come out of anyone's mouth. And believe me, Austin, if the right were doing this with the shoes reversed, I'd say the same thing. I'm not saying that the president, every single word come out of his mouth has been exactly precise. But honestly, when the example about him trying to minimize it or help talk people down. Right, I got to take a break. I think if he didn't do it, they'd say the opposite. Why is he stoking fear? He just can't win. We got to take a break. We'll come back on the other side. Austin Goolsby, David Benson is with us. 800-941-SEAN, our toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. All right, 25 to the top of the hour. All right, uh, Austin Goolsby, David Benson are with us as we discuss not only the politics, uh, but the science and the hysteria and the politicizing and weaponizing of a virus uh, now, in October of 2009, Austin, I said that is the time that the president finally declared a national emergency. Now, I will cede the point, concede the point that he had a health secretary to release money, say this is a, an emergency. And they got emergency funding 11 days after they identified H1N1. But I am reading from fake news CNN. So you will take it as a source that I know you trust. Obama declares H1N1 emergency. This is October 26, 2009. This is six months and a thousand American deaths later and 20,000 Americans contracting the disease later that he does this. Let me read it to you. President Obama has now declared a national emergency to deal with the rapid increase in illness from H1N1 influenza virus. The 2009 H1N1 pandemic continues to evolve. The rate of illnesses continue to rise rapidly with many communities across the nation. And the potential exists for the pandemic to overburden health care resources in some localities, Obama said. Thus, in recognition of the continuing progression of this pandemic and in further preparation as a nation, we are taking additional steps to facilitate our response. And the president signed the declaration that Friday, which, again, let me give you the date, October 26, 2009. And the he said, calling the emergency declaration now an important tool in our kit going forward. You owe me five dinners, Austin no, Goolsby. you owe me five dinners. The health and the Obama administration in April of 2009, which is exactly what I told you, declared it a public health emergency. And that is exactly your initial. All right. I got done telling you. I said, no, Obama's you had Kathleen Sebelius until October. And that was in totally April wrong. waved, waved to gave a temporarily waived and modification to certain requirements to healthcare facilities and to release funds. I acknowledge that fact on day 11. But I said, Obama, very clear, didn't declare a national emergency until this date. And I have another article to prove it to you again. So anyway, we're splitting hairs. Here's the bottom line here. Parsing of words with you me? owe me five. You owe me five no, dinners. That's me. that. You I owe me five dinners. You said why did the Obama? Why did Obama not do anything? 
His Obama, I, I told you, public health emergency. Right. David, did you hear me say 11 days after they identified H1N1 that the Health and Human Services Secretary uh, declared uh, emergency to get emergency funding, but Obama didn't declare it himself until October? Did you hear me say that? I, I did hear you say it. My suggestion, if I can be Solomon here, is that you just buy each other two and a half dinners each. How's that? Now, my advice is he should pay his debts and 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 suck it up and pay. <laughs> that is a, yeah, don't you still owe me ten grand? You said that a hundred million people were going to lose their health insurance because of Obamacare. No, they're just dying instead because thirty-seven percent of the country <laughs> has only Donald one Trump, Obamacare. This only one emergency? Obamacare exchange to choose from, and uh, every American now is paying almost two hundred. Uh, percent more, so much but for wait, saving twenty five hundred dollars a has year. Donald Trump declared this a national emergency. Y- yes, he has. Okay, that's what he should. And okay. there are numerous things he's done well, and I've praised him. And and I agree with David that they should not be. Nobody should be rooting for a Hurricane Katrina or okay. turning. I mean, today's March tenth. Let me read. Let me read to David. This is from the. Uh, John Hopkins report, which I think is devastating to this politicizing. As of March 8, 2020, two days ago, the flu influenza showing much more of an impact on America, Americans than Corona. You can find up up to date information uh, on Corona at the Center for Disease Control and Prevention website. The senior director of infection prevention at John Hopkins, a woman by the name of Lisa Maragakis, I'm sure I'm saying it wrong. I apologize to her. Uh, Threw out staggering statistics. To be clear, one person dying, by the way, of any illness is too many for me. I want to cure cancer. John Hopkins, anyways, points that there are approximately 3,653 deaths reported worldwide, 17 deaths in the U.S. I think that is now up uh, slightly. And death from the flu is, their total is... Uh, up to 646,000 uh, deaths worldwide. And when you look at H1N1, we lost 13,000 Americans, uh, David, and we lose in some years almost 100,000 people to the flu. I don't want anybody to die. But we're, these pandemics pop up from time to time, unfortunately, and we are kind of blessed that we have the greatest scientists in the world working on them. Well, we sure are. And I think that um, the context of the dangerous world we live in is important. The flu is a constantly dangerous uh, element, and it has certain characteristics as to who it normally affects. And guess what? It's the same as who is primarily facing the coronavirus risk. And so the fact that Johns Hopkins and, of course, CDC as well are circulating all the information is in the public interest to have accurate information out there. I don't think that needs to minimize at all uh, the need for precautions, the need for seriousness as we go about addressing it. But I will say that the, there are situations where the response has bordered on hysterical. And I don't mean preventative. I don't mean taking it seriously. I don't mean praying for it and trying to find the help necessary to get a cure. But I'm saying that some of the broad cancellations of events, certainly some of the stock market's reaction, um, it, it is really unfortunate that we've gone to this place. That genie can't be put back in the bottle now. The hysteria is out there. But we do need to have accurate information in the public square. And you know, I, I, and that's where the perspective is lost here. Us inaccurate information is the president. That's what's wrong with this. You're, you're trying. You're trying to expect that in, in a president that acted faster than any president in history. 
probably preventing thousands from contracting the disease, many more than we could ever estimate. A president that has thrown all the money in the world, created the best and brightest scientists and brought them together, uh, identifying they didn't have enough test kits, getting them up and running in a week. They got a million out in a week. Now they got four million going out. Um, and it's like if Donald Trump cured cancer, you know, those that hate Donald Trump are never going to say he never does a good thing. And this no, is a problem. I and what he did good things. Step one was a good thing. And you're right. And it was over criticism. Step one was stop the travel from the hardest hit country. All right, let's stay on he step one a second. Man, and that was a good decision. He's just screwed up a bunch of things. All right. Let me let's stay on step one for a second. Nervous. Joe Biden said the travel ban was xenophobic. CNN said it would stigmatize people from regions of the world, Wuhan province, obviously. Um, and so there was criticism. And the president quarantined yeah, and Americans. I think he made a good decision. I agree. Now, if the president didn't act that quickly, would it be a fair statement that in all likelihood, thousands, we'd have a much bigger problem, far worse problem today than then? I think we would have a bigger problem, yes. Now, why didn't Biden and Obama put in a travel ban in 2009 and 10 and in October when a thousand Americans died and 20,000 had contracted swine flu? Um, because the H1N1 flu was not coming from a specific region. They did put in a travel ban with Ebola, you will recall, because it was coming from a specific region. Okay, but the point is, is that they could have done these things. They chose not to because if you have a travel ban... Well, then that protects Americans either way. It's, for example, why do we want to no. control the borders, David? I think uh, sure. for three specific well, reasons. Yeah, and I think, I think it's fair, Austin, that we asked what, what he thought of the February 8th tweet of Senate uh, Leader Schumer, who said if the president were to put a travel ban in, it would be xenophobic and problematic, and the president shouldn't use this for his anti-immigration agenda. He's since deleted the tweet. And, here, and the point I would make is, uh, I'm actually not a Keynesian. I often is. But it was John Maynard Keynes who said, when the facts change, I change. The president has said some things that have proved to be inaccurate because the facts changed. And then his responses had to change since. But on the issue of the travel ban, I don't think anyone can dispute that had the president gone full-blown aggressive with it right at the bat, he, was, he, he would have been criticized. He was criticized by Chuck Schumer for doing it. Now we see the fruits of having done so. I'm sure there's other things that could have been done a little differently, but the facts were still coming in. And that's the point I want to keep coming back to is it's just unreasonable to hold people to a 2020 hindsight standard. Right. Let me move yeah, on to another true, health issue he for a second. He needs to stop saying the things now. He needs to stop doing All right, things we, like we, in we, the we heard last you. week. He won't let the people on the cruise ship that's this. stationed off of Oakland. He's overruling the health officials and keeping them on that boat. Where let me ask you about Joe Biden. And I want an honest answer. You're watching this election. I know you wanted Pete Buttigieg. How, why? I don't know why you wanted Pete Buttigieg. He's a smart guy. Okay, now we've got Joe Biden. Uh, now we got Joe Biden uh, who forgot Obama's name, doesn't know what city he's in often. He doesn't know what day it is. Super Thursday. Tomorrow's Super Thursday. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men and women are created the thing, you know, by the, by the thing for crying out loud. Uh, and I can go on. We've identified a lot of them. Does... Joe Biden, in your honest opinion, forget about this isn't a health diagnosis, uh, have the strength, stamina, stamina uh, the 
alertness, the ability to take on the hardest job in the world because there seems to be an acceleration of these brain farts of his. No, of course he does have that capacity. If you, I would like them to go apply the mental analysis that you, you sound like a lying dog-faced pony States. soldier to For me. Every example that you have of Joe Biden making a gaffe, there are three examples mm-hmm. of the president slurring his words, sounding okay. like he is he's doing. On he's dementia. doing two-hour rallies, and he doesn't make as many mistakes. He but you sound like you know what you sound like, Austin. Random ramblings. Of, that have no mental connection of one thing to the next thing. They're frightening. So it so doesn't bother I, you I at really all that Joe Biden that today to turned that into it. You know, it doesn't bother you that he called a auto worker a horse's ass today and will ban I AR-14s. The clip. It did not bother me that he said that. Because and he tells another auto worker that he's full of shh. Uh, that doesn't bother you. That he well, doesn't know the declaration. The, the person was being abusive. I thought the the, the vice president stood up for actually a, a quite reputable. Position. All right, David. We we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men and women are created by you know the thing, the thing. You know, I'm I'm actually a little bit sens- uh, uh, open to Rush Limbaugh's interpretation there, Sean, that maybe. It wasn't a senile moment, and he kind of faded out there on purpose to avoid having to say something that many in the left, hyper-leftist constituency no longer want said. I can't prove it, but it, it, it isn't impossible. Oh, no, I think he forgot. Yeah, well, that, that would, I guess we could pick which one's worse, if he forgot or if he did it on purpose. But, look, I mean, people can say funny things here and there. I really doubt Austin would disagree that Joe seems to be far more prone to these gaffes than others. And, and at the end of the day... I'm I'm more interested in the policy front of it. I think he's uh, there are questions about his ability to kind of articulate a message. You could say that President Trump has the same moments as Austin did, but it seems to me his base kind of likes them. They like that style. Um, you know, I, I've had to get used to parts of it myself. But at the end of the day, um, the policy front, the vision for America, that's what's going to determine what happens in November. And, and the one thing that none of us are talking about in this interview uh, that is not being discussed in the media is perhaps the biggest thing that's happened in the last 24 hours is that Saudi and Russia have decided to go to a full-blown oil war. And yet because of America's energy policy and because of deregulation and strengthening of our capital markets, I think we have the ability to withstand it. And that is a policy issue that President Trump ought to be commended for. I actually did something, Austin, that I never do. I actually said, you know what? I'm betting the price of, of oil is going to go up again at some point in the I next you were year. I going to say filled your own gas tank. I always fill my own gas tank. Why would, why, <laughs> what was wrong with you? Of course I filled my People meet me in the grocery store. They go, what are you doing here? I'm like shopping, and they go, "Why are you here?" And I'm like, "Because I like to I like eat." You man, yeah. that's that to me. No, so seriously, I actually think oil's going to go up. Good bet or bad bet on my part? Yeah, look, I think my I'm an economist, and our world says that the cost of production in the marginal wells is what should be the price of oil. And I think that's a bit above what it is in the last day or two. All right, again, thank you, Austin Goolsby, David Banson. All right, Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern, Fox News, six states. Big prize tonight, Michigan. Well, a full, complete analysis. Is this the end of Bolshevik Bernie? Ari Fleischer, Carl Rove, Reince Priebus, all our reporters on the ground, Dr. Anthony Fauci, Bongino, and Geraldo Laura Trump. 
and Dr. Cornell West and much more. 9 Eastern Hannity, Fox News, six states on the line, primary. We will have all the coverage. Uh, That's all we have for today. Thanks for being with us. See you tonight. Back here tomorrow. Thank you for being with us. We'll be right back.